I'm Amir Khan and you're listening to the Z Medium podcast, a podcast that shares an honest account of the journeys of people from different walks of life. We talk to people and about them too. Think of us as a moving walkway at an airport. We take you where you need to be in life, only faster. Thinking about changing to a psychology degree after your bachelor's, not a problem. As the title suggests, this is a journey that starts with B.Tech and somehow ends in two masters, one in M.Tech and one in psychology. How did that happen? We'll find that out soon. Given that our guest, Arushi Handa, has revelations of her own during the episode, we won't spoil it for you. All we have to say is that it was quite smart to fake a fear of blood to get out of doing medicine. That plan must have taken ages to fruition, but it was a good enough wait for Arushi to finally do something more bearable at the time. We also talk a great deal about how life on the internet is actually disrupting real life. And as much as it is bringing to light many mental health issues, some can truly be avoided with just a bit of introspection. Deep talk, but let's first hear about Arushi's background and what she does as a coach at Healthy Gamer. Let's start with this one, shall we? So what exactly do you do at Healthy Gamer? So I work as a mental health coach, something which is uh, similar to the idea of peer support or peer counseling. I help people uh, have this space where they can just have some uh, reflection, have uh, an area where they can talk to somebody who's had a similar journey. And that's the job that I do. Okay. So why why the name Healthy Gamer though? Is it specific to gamers or is it for anybody? Yeah. anybody? So we cater to people that are uh, primarily very Gen Z or millennials or that kind of audience. Although I do have a bunch of older clients as well. People in their like 50s or 60s. So everyone struggles with uh, internet addiction or video game addiction these days, I feel. People above the age of 50 are also struggling with internet addiction? Yes, yes. Your your journey though, it, it started very different from what you're doing at the moment. Uh, you've did some research definitely. You first did a bachelor's in technology. I right? did. <laughs> so what made you switch to the... To the clinical psychology field. Yeah, so uh, I did a bachelor's in technology, and then after that, I did a master's in technology as well. And then after that, I decided that this wasn't really something that I wanted to, I would say, have a career in. I always wanted to do something that was very dynamic, and yeah. that was uh, something that made me interact with people. Something that was, uh, I would say, not. Uh, a place where I would just have to spend a lot of time in my job where I would just be working for the sake of uh, earning money and that's why I wanted to do something that would be more in line with my values. I actually wanted to be a journalist but then I felt like journalism was a space that was uh, more and more not in line with, with my values given the current state of journalism so I felt like I had to switch to clinical psychology it the day that i thought i want to switch everything just sort of like came together in my head because for all of this time i had been uh, writing i was working a lot of uh, different odd jobs and errands and the only thing that was clear in my head was that i really enjoy uh, something artistic and creative and at the same time i enjoy something that is very scientific so how do i merge both of those two uh, the reason that i like studying biotech 
uh, was that there was a lot of very interesting stuff in there. And I've always been somebody that has a very logical sort of mindset that has a very hyper rational kind of brain. And I have that like itch to learn more, to always keep on uh, discovering new things. And then I also have this very artistic side to me where I don't really apply that logic. So I just want to like do something very creative. And then I realized that psychology could be a field where I could mix both of those together because talking to people or just sort of creating that space is not exactly a science, even though people say that psychology is a science, but then I would say that there's a very big artistic element to it. And at the same time, there's also a very scientific side to it because um, ultimately our aim is to provide the best sort of uh, space that we can for our clients. So, yeah, I think that was the best choice of it. So, um, was it parental pressure that got you into bachelor's in technology or was it your own choice completely? Um, so, back then, my parents wanted me to study medicine. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and you know how it goes. Like, uh, when I told my parents that I want to study something which is related to bio or biology, they were like, okay, then you do your, like, neat exam and then you can get into medicine and that's it and I was very non-confrontational at that point of time so I didn't want to tell them like I don't want to study this I used to go for lab tests and stuff and then every time I used to go for those I would just pretend like I was really scared of blood so <laughs> yeah I would just uh, always be sort of like oh my god this is so horrible and then my parents started talking to each other and they were like if she's so scared of blood how is she going to study medicine and uh, yeah, so they just sort of like gave up on that and then I was left free to do as I wanted. In my job as well, there's this whole idea of gifted kids and being burnt out from that. So when people see you as somebody who has a lot of potential, mm. that is really, really horrifying because then people want you to live up to this big potential that you have. And yeah. then you don't want to do that. Because I had that sort of pressure on me, I really just wanted to not do well at all because uh, all my life I had just been pushed to do really great things, to just achieve a lot of stuff. And so I decided I just wanted to do something that was uh, very easy for me, I suppose. And so I wanted to switch to biotech because I felt like it was a field where I wouldn't have a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. And there was somebody that uh, I knew who was in the field. And so I felt like that was a safe option. But would you say your switch, and we'll come to the switch in detail a little bit later, uh, but would you say that was your turning point in life when you actually decided to pursue what you really wanted to? Um, it's funny, but I never really wanted to do anything. <laughs> like, I, I, always, I always knew that I wanted to do something vague. And yeah. I, I struggle with ADHD, so I have ADHD. Okay. And I always uh, have this in my head, like, okay, this is something that I really like right now. Maybe five days later, I'm like, well, I'm not enjoying it as much as I thought I would. So let's do something else now. Right. So I always had this idea that I don't want to work a job. Hmm. And I want to do something which was uh, basically something that I do on my own and not somebody that was forcing me to do anything. So that was the primary value that I had. And the second thing that I had was that I always wanted to study or do something where uh, I could basically have a lot of freedom and liberty. 
so i realized when i switched to psychology that theoretically on paper this is something that i really want to do but in india especially because the field of mental health is not very um i would say well developed right now it would be very challenging so um i would say that getting this job was perhaps a turning point and then even then again in this job there were a lot of admin responsibilities there were a lot of things that i never anticipated would be challenging so just working on myself mostly and trying to understand what are my strengths what are my weaknesses and trying to work around that has been the biggest uh, game changer for me but you do think it's an important thing to look up to someone or to have someone to guide you in term, in 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 uh, situations where you don't necessarily have an out yeah 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 i think so because uh, i have been an only child and uh, in terms of my parents uh, well they like really wanted the best for me but yeah. at the same time you know how uh, parents can sometimes have a very biased perspective yeah. so um, my dad my dad he's a very accomplished person he's a scientist and uh, yeah. everyone in my family is very uh, well read and they have these like super high like expectations of things and then i have these like big shoes to fill so yeah. when i was in the field of biotech my dad would sometimes like help me out with stuff and since i was a kid i always had this idea that i don't want his help because i want to do something on my own yeah so i think that prevented me from asking for help when i could have really benefited from it it was the same thing in school i was uh, like when people wanted to help me or guide me i was always like no i'll just do it myself there was this idea of like independence which now looking back i realize it would have just been a lot easier if i had asked people for help yeah. so uh, now i have uh, people that are uh, my supervisors now i have people that are like personal therapists and these are people that i really look up to and mm-hmm. i think that having them in my life has been helpful as sort of like uh, having people to bounce things off of i also have some friends that i really value and mm-hmm. whose opinions uh, as uh, something that i hold in very high regard right the idea of being great was instilled in your head from a very young age is what i've noticed uh yeah. are you past that or do you still have that in mind because that can oh, be God. very very taxing <laughs> can be very very taxing on someone who just wants to be you know just wants yeah. to do whatever they want to do yeah so uh th- so this is like really weird because this is something that i don't like to talk about very frequently but when i was a kid when i first went to school i was in uh, upper kindergarten and then um, there was this uh, we had these annual fairs or these like annual competitions where we just sort of uh, perform in front of parents right they made me read some book from like 10th grade or 12th grade and then they were like look at this we have a kid in kg who can do this and then then from that like really really young age itself it was this idea that okay she's going to achieve a lot of things and then people used to talk about like how i never really had to study in order to like get good grades and stuff i just had really really good memory yeah. and i think that was also something that prevented me from getting an adhd diagnosis much earlier than i would have because mm. i really excelled in 
academics like all the time i never had to study i never had the attention span for it but i just always got really good grades so nobody noticed they would always say that she's like super lazy she's super careless if only she like put in more effort she would be able to do like great things in life and what not but uh, at that point of time i would just like show up to class sometimes sometimes i wouldn't even do that and with everything i would still be like in one of in like the top 5 or top 1% of class and then yeah so there was this idea that i don't really need to put in any effort in order to achieve things and that was something that i grew up with and then i got into my bachelor's and uh, that's when i realized i don't want to achieve anything like i told you in uh, 12th grade i had this idea that i don't want to be a doctor i don't want to do all of these things i just want to do something that i'm interested in that was the point of time where i started convincing people that i don't have any potential and that i i am not meant for you know great things and what not that uh, you shouldn't really expect anything of me yeah. so a, a big chunk of my life was just trying to do that like the opposite of that uh, so when i was in my uh, bachelor's i would just not make any notes i would not study i would not go to class for uh, several days in a row i would basically ignore all of my assignments until uh, somebody was forcing me to submit them and uh, yeah there was this uh, one semester where i scored really uh, low uh, i would say it was still like good grades but it was like a sevenish um, like gpa and then that was something that my parents were like oh wow you know so then i realized that now my parents think that i'm pretty average and that, that was like a load off my back <laughs> so half <laughs> how fear efforts went into lowering people's expectations that you can go yes like yes so. which is insane like if you think about it in those terms is that um, just having someone say that you can do so much and then you're like no i can't so when i did all of that and then i realized i talked to my parents because i was always at this point i held a lot of resentment against mm-hmm. the fact that i didn't go into uh, journalism or like studying literature or something which is something that i wanted to do that i was interested in but my parents said it wasn't the best option right so um yeah i remember this one time i was in uh, my third or fourth semester and then i came home and then i was talking to my mom about this and then she was like you can do whatever you want like we are not going to stop you like it's up to you and then i realized wow like it's so nice to have that sort of independence So when I switched to clinical psychology I genuinely put in a lot of effort. Like this was the first time in my life that I was making notes and that I was reading my textbooks and that I was like going through all of the lectures and what not and it was horrible because nobody taught me how to um, do all of this until I had completed my first masters. So it was like beginning from scratch. The duality of life on the internet where you yeah. think yourself as somebody but you're actually somebody else can be very detrimental uh is there sure. any any kind of upside to this duality for me something that i've found very important hmm. to do in life is just living an authentic life and that's an idea that people struggle with a lot is the idea of authenticity a lot of times especially right now with the generational gap uh, in india we put ourselves across uh, like our parents or the internet or everywhere else in a certain way and then our lives are something different but there's no authenticity there and uh, i think that when people sort of split 
themselves or when they split their different identities in this way then it can be very difficult to keep track of who knows what how their life looks like to the outside world versus how it is internally because when you're pretending to be someone else yeah. then other people also like you for that someone else and they don't see the real you then when you're confronted with the real real you it's very difficult to like yourself as well because it's like everyone else likes this side of me this other side these other emotions that i experience or uh, this way that i live must be something wrong or you know it's not something that's very likable mm-hmm. so i feel like that's something that people should learn to maybe okay with more of yeah. is portraying themselves as they authentically are or being more genuine with the people around them and maybe you will find out that not everyone likes you but at the same time the people that do like you like you for who you are and not for somebody that you are trying to be that goes for a lot of kids on social media young kids as well on social media yeah um, them seeing sensitive content or content that does not necessarily benefit them but it creates an image in their mind that this is how life is supposed to be lived you know when they see content creators out there uh, traveling uh, showing their best selves not showing any kind of negativity on their on their channel not necessarily negativity in terms of lashing out on other people but their life is perfect yeah that is how the younger generation the, the generation after us right now is is going to grow up with uh, is there any way of reducing those effects i think it's very important to understand and to maybe re-examine the idea of perfect like mm. what is perfect in the first place what you see on social media or what you see around you mm. what makes that perfect and not your real life or the things that you actually experience like what is so appealing about this like what is so appealing about the things that you see everywhere around you and maybe trying to understand that the definition of perfect differs from person to person so your idea or your like fantasy of what perfect is might not actually be that way in real life something that we tend to do is we idealize a lot of things it can be careers it can be partners it can be for kids it can be um maybe being a certain way looking a certain way having certain things in life and we don't tend to examine what would be the negatives or what would be the downsides of having this perfect thing yeah so it's a good idea to just sort of sit down and uh, take a moment to reflect on what am i missing out on if i have this perfect life if it's like so good if it's so amazing then why do i feel bad when i try to do that yeah because there has to be something missing right if you are trying to live this perfect life and it's not making you feel perfect then maybe there's a gap there somewhere very true uh what are your thoughts on people um, especially younger ones lashing out on social media about their private lives <laughs> wow <laughs> that's that's you know what i'm talking about right like yeah yeah for example a breakup and and both of them are lashing out and talking about themselves in a very detrimental manner on social media for everybody to notice yeah i think that's definitely tricky because uh, if i look at my posts from 10 years ago i cringe a lot So I think that uh, people that are younger now that have the internet that have everything uh, available at their disposal when they look at these things in the future they're not going to feel good about like having it be out there yeah but at the same time it's like 
you can't escape this right so yeah. there's like sides of the coin if you don't put yourself out there on social media if you don't air out everything then there can be this feeling of like missing something and i think that's something very important to like examine is this idea of like missing out and where it comes from and what makes you want to put yourself out there so much like what do you think is going to happen if you don't put all of this out there on social media because i feel like a lot of people a lot of clients that i see as well so i don't have any clients from india most of my clients are from um, different parts of the world right. but the ones that i do see and i think this applies to people here as well are uh, very scared of the idea of losing a, a lot of things in life that don't come across their way so it's like if i don't uh, use social media right now if i don't do all of these things if i don't uh, uh, stay up to date with my peers then i'm going to miss out on all of these great things that they are going through and that there's this uh, chunk of my life that i'm going to regret not really socializing as much but then ultimately when they do that they feel so pressured to do all of these things they feel like they are forced to like put themselves out there so i think it's very important to remember the intention and it's very important to examine what makes you do what you're doing right now where is this coming from artificial intelligence is flourishing do you think that is in any way going to be helpful for for counselors or for people who are in this field in any professional capacity in the future yeah i think so in certain ways sure um but then nobody can actually replace a one on one conversation with a human being can look like i so there are these uh, apps which are like chatbots and there are these apps which yeah, yeah. can kind of like uh, um help you out in situations of uh, maybe not feeling great mentally i think that it's better than having nothing for sure and for people that are struggling with uh, maybe communicating with somebody else at any given moment or people that don't feel like they are ready to just sort of uh have that right now not prepared to have that conversation with another human being because it can be very scary so for them maybe uh, opening up to an ai or a chatbot or a service like that can be helpful as it can give them that sort of like uh, idea of what it might be like to talk to another person and it can help them like air out some of their concerns it can also um help them feel like there is somebody there uh, so i think in those regards it's interesting for sure but at the same time um it might be uh, something which has a lot of limitations and i'm not sure how they are going to program ai to say like the right things or just like replace the idea of presence because that's something that i feel like matters the most and i think uh, other than that there's also ai that helps with uh, maybe like diagnostics and stuff like that which i think would be very interesting for clinical psychologists to use but that's something that i personally kind of tend to stay away from so i'm not very sure about that yeah what's next for you in this journey of yours where do you see yourself planning for the next 5 years or do you want to take it step by step so i do have some plan in place mm. uh but it's not very um, concrete i would say uh my idea right now is that um, like i said before i work with the clients that are not from india so i want to do something about mental health in the indian space as well that is something that i'm looking to work on i i currently have two projects that i have in mind that i want to launch 
for now uh, one of them is uh, this idea of uh, having conversations around mental health through books okay. so a lot of times we uh, feel like there's a lot of literature that is very relatable to us and uh, a lot of times this also explores ideas of emotions of like mental health awareness and what not and i want to um, create a space for people where they can come together and maybe have conversations around books but conversations that revolve around emotions and uh, mental health this looks like um, maybe a book club that is mostly about emotional stuff and then you have uh, mental health professionals that are there that can provide resources that can help direct the conversation that's one thing that i want to work on and then another thing that i'm looking to work on is those pay as you can sort of support group for people that uh, struggle with uh, maybe finding a space for themselves and they don't have to um, put in any investment there there's going to be uh, some mental health professionals who can help facilitate that space and uh, they can come together and sort of talk about it because i also do a lot of group work in my uh, career and i think that group work is very very helpful um because the things that i do right now primarily rely on uh, people uh, like providing each other that space so the idea is like i understand i have been there instead of having it be more of a position of power versus somebody that like comes to you for guidance that sort of model can work sure it has its uh, necessities but at the same time this is more of an equal thing so it's like yeah i understand where you're coming from okay do you think the indian space is getting better in terms of acceptance for counseling in general yeah i think so um because i've had a lot of conversations with people about mental health that i would not have had in the past even if i look at my own parents now they tell people that uh, she has a degree in psychology and that like you know she's uh, doing something in mental health and now people come and say oh i know somebody who's going to therapy and what not and this is something that i didn't expect to hear a few years ago so i think that it's a conversation that we are having more of and i am uh, talking to more and more people who are uh, just talking about like yeah i have been going to therapy or counseling earlier people had this perception that therapy was just a place where somebody would just listen to you and that's it and that's not the case now people are uh, becoming more and more aware of like the nuances and what it entails i would also often hear a lot of statements like uh, your job is so easy or why do you get paid so much if you just like you know sit there and like listen to people talk but that's not what it is and i'm really glad that people are understanding the nuances and that's the end of the episode if you enjoyed that what's stopping you from sharing we're on linkedin instagram twitter and tiktok share and don't forget to tag us for more updates you can follow us at z medium on all the four platforms we'll be back next monday with more Stay tuned and goodbye for now.